Hello and welcome to my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and events experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. So we all know that there's a deadline for the end of sales of, in, of vehicles with internal combustion engines looming very large on the horizon. And as a result, every manufacturer is developing electric vehicles at the moment. But we all know that the range and payload limitations of electric vehicles currently available does not make them ideal base vehicles for motorhomes or even camper vans really, at all for towing. But there is an interesting alternative, and that's hydrogen. I recently saw some details about of a concept of a hydrogen-powered zero-emission camper van with a, offering a potential range of up to 500 kilometres. That's just over 300 miles. But what is hydrogen, and is it the future for the motorhome industry? I definitely want to find out more. And today I am speaking to Alan Rushcraft from First Hydrogen Automotive, the company behind the, the camper van concept I just talked about. So without further ado, let's say hello, Alan. How are you? Hi, John. No, hi, Ron. Good to, to, to be on the show. Yeah, cool. So briefly, tell me what your role is at First Hydrogen. I'm, I'm responsible for the, I'm the chief commercial officer, which is a very grand title in a reasonably small company. We're a startup. We're busy disintermediating the markets in two areas. One is in hydrogen production, green hydrogen production. We have Two projects in the UK, one in Canada, where our parent company is, was, which are all about coming to market in the next two years, producing green hydrogen, that is hydrogen from, from renewable, renewable electricity. And on the other side of our business is the automotive side. And we, we have built a couple of hydrogen fuel cell like commercial vehicles, vans, three and a half ton vans, mm. based on a Volkswagen group skeleton. Mm-hmm. And we're busy demonstrating those to all the big fleets in the UK at the moment as proof of concept to, to demonstrate our technical capability in this segment. And we're probably two, two years ahead of the major OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers mm-hmm. in this segment. So we've got a business to ourselves at the moment. So we're trying to, uh, to make the most of it. That's interesting. So first of all, for those that don't know, let's start with the basics. What, what is hydrogen? It, well, sounds, it sounds, dang- sounds like a, is it safe? Is it, is it dangerous? <laughs> Does it explode I mean, easily? I think it's the the, the the most prevalent gas on the planet. It, it's everywhere. It's actually carried in, in other chemicals like ammonia and it's constituent of, of many, many other many other chemicals. And uh, it's it can be used either as a replacement for, for gasoline in technically modified in, uh, internal combustion engines or, uh, as is the case uh, in our vehicles, it could be used with a with a hydrogen fuel cell, which ah, in, involves a, yes. a sort of semi-permeable member, membrane with a, 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 an anode and a cathode either side of the men- membrane. Hydrogen goes, goes through the, the filter or the membrane, and it some kind of divides the, 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 the molecule, the hydrogen molecules, into positive and negative charges. And the, uh, the, the, the negative charges go off to, to a battery, and thereafter the, 
the the vehicle runs just as an electric vehicle would have reported. Right. The difference being the the fuel cell is constantly topping up the battery. Therefore, you get a much bigger range. Right. So your van presumably uses fuel cell technology to generate this. It does. It, it's not, yeah, it's not using an internal combustion engine powered by. It's hydrogen. not. No. It's, it's a fuel cell, and the the, yeah. the emissions of, of a fuel cell are effectively water and oxygen. Yes, I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm I've got a background in the commercial vehicle sector. I worked for Volkswagen commercial vehicles for nearly six years, so I'm familiar with. Yeah, hydrogen as an alternative, because particularly for, well, things like motors, but I know the, the truck industry as well, isn't it? At the moment, battery power is a challenge for them, as we've already said. So fuel cell is seems to be a good, op- maybe a better option for longer, t- need it, for those vehicles that need a longer range. Well, I think the, 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 the challenge is that as, as vehicles, vehicles and payloads get larger, yeah, the batteries required to, to drive them get larger too. Yes. And there comes a point, and the scientists will talk about this much more eloquently than me, yeah. where the, 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 the weight of the battery exceeds or is greater than the, the benefit in terms of payload. And, and the, the whole the physics on driving heavy-duty trucks, classic trucks as they call them in the US, mm-hmm. with batteries start to diminish. Now, I'll be perfectly honest with you, John, that will change. Technology is improving all the time. Yes, yeah, and yes. certainly from from where I sit, the future will be a mixed a mixture of technologies. There'll be battery technologies, and there'll be hydrogen fuel, hydrogen fuel, and hydrogen fuel cell technologies all operating alongside one another. And the, as you say, the hydrogen part of the of the whole market will be around vehicles that require faster fueling times, more up times. The sort of commercial fleet guys call it. Mm-hmm. Faster, faster, faster refueling, longer range, and heavier payloads. That's where fleets are looking to hydrogen to to, to perform. Yeah, but the concept you're doing, you've got on the go at the moment—that's on a three point five ton van, isn't it? It is. It yeah, is. which is spot on for the for the motorhome market. So that makes it very interesting. And how how developed is your van at the moment? Then I've, I've looked at your website. Is that it on on the homepage? We it's not. No, we no. actually we're right in the middle of a quite a detailed piece of product management analysis and, and evaluation. Let's start from the top. Here, initially, our business was about two MEN, Volkswagen Crafter-based three-and-a-half-ton vans that we were going to, that we installed our powertrain into, being demonstrated in real-life duty cycles mm-hmm. to, to fleets in the UK and in them latterly in Germany. And then we have another, uh, what we call a Generation 2 concept, which we've been teasing in, in some on social media and mm-hmm. we published in quite a few magazines, which is a, a bespoke design with a load space, aerodynamics, and fuel cell powertrain that, that's really integrated, harmoniously integrated into the whole, which gives you potentially range up to 1,000 kilometres and much better payloads because it's all you, you're not installing a fuel cell into mm-hmm. basically an internal combustion engine vehicle. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no there's no trade offs. Right. What's happened since we had and, and that would have been coming along in 2027. What's happened is that we've had so much interest in our in our Gen One donor based as we call the vehicles that we're now evaluating if and how to go into serious production with those, which is going to push Gen Two out probably to the end of the decade. 
Right, okay. So I'm just giving you all our corporate secrets in a, in a couple of sentences. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so your Gen 1 is is the, the crafter-based vehicle yes. with yes. your with your power in there as well? Correct. Oh, wow, Correct. That's, inter- that's interesting. Because, I mean, the car industry, I know you've worked in the car industry for quite a while. At the moment, I think it's mainly the Korean brands that have been investigating or doing anything with, with hydrogen power, haven't they? Well, it's changing all the time. I mean... You and I will know, we've got mm. long enough memories to know, that brands like Mercedes and BMW, Hyundai, have been present in hydrogen, with, with hydrogen fuel cells for 20 or 30 years. It's been the, the, the next big thing for 30 years. It's, it's, it's everyone's joke about hydrogen. <laughs> and I think as a result of the zero emission targets that have been established by the EU principally, also Inflation Reduction Act in the USA, the energy security issues that came out of Russia invading Ukraine and the installation of lots of zero emission zones around the UK. Yes. There are there's there's a sort of kind of a, a moment in time now where where not only electric vehicles are are a, a certainty and manufacturers have, have put their money behind that technology. Yeah. But there's been a recognition that, that as we said earlier, some of the heavier duty vehicles are not going to to provide the range payload or capability that yeah. customers of all, all shapes and sizes want. So yeah. we've seen a return of BMW to hydrogen fuel cell with the hydrogen fuel cell X5, for example, in oh, limited edition that. that's about to go on market. We've oh, also okay. seen the the investment investment recently in by Toyota in the Hilux pickup truck hydrogen oh. fuel cell version of that's being developed okay. in Derby. Um, so the, the the heavier end of the car business. Yeah. Now that manufacturers are underway with their battery electric strategies, yeah, they, they, they've got a little bit of freedom to 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 try and deal with this issue of payload refueling time and, and range right. okay. for their heavier vehicles. So that there, there is a a mixed market for for zero emission vehicles headed towards us by the end of the decade. I suspect. Okay, that's interesting. So I'm sure anyone listening to this is probably shouting at me at the moment, going, "What about what about infrastructure? Because the electric vehicle charging infrastructure is still got, leaves a lot to be desired and is improving rapidly. But hydrogen, where where can you get it at at the moment? It's what? it's not a great picture in the UK. No. I'd no. Say. And I mean, I'm particularly vocal on this subject because mm-hmm. you know when, when I first started. My day job at first hydrogen, there would have been 10 or 12 hydrogen refueling stations in the UK, mm-hmm. capable of refueling at the higher pressures, 700 bar, okay. um, which is what trucks and, and, and vans like ours need. Right. There are others, and I'll talk about those in a second. Now there are five. So the number's going down. Oh dear. And I think it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better because allied to the to investment by a lot of the oil and gas majors in in hydrogen production, low carbon and green hydrogen production. There right. are investments planned in further hydrogen infrastructure, but they ain't, they ain't there yet. So in the UK, there is definitely a mismatch between the availability of hydrogen, the availability of vehicles that can use it, and the, the bit in the middle, which is refueling infrastructure. And the, the, the theme that... I often talk about is government strategy and policy because just as Andy Palmer and Helen Thomas and the FT and 
and, and others in the last few days have been talking about the lack of government strategy, industrial strategy around gigafactories and, and other technologies. There's a, a vacuum in terms of not just hydrogen refueling, but also recharging. Uh, and, and I'll be speaking at the the in the August halls of the UK Hydrogen Fuel Cell Association annual general meeting next week. And I'll be saying, look, guys, you're not going to hit your 2030 zero emission targets for for vehicles mm-hmm. unless somehow the government creates a framework to provide this the architecture to keep VEVs running and mm-hmm. hydrogen fuel cell vehicles be refueled. Okay, cool. So I've got two two questions to about what is the infrastructure better for hydrogen in other countries then? I'm suspecting you're going to say yes. Yeah, well, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> and led by Northern Europe and Germany, uh, right. and, and where the Commission have a very proactive industrial strategy and policy around what they call their core 10T highways, all the major highways in Europe, which right. by 2027 will have a hydrogen refueling station every 200 kilometres, as well as one in all of the major core cities that they've identified. So they'll have it. And right. what you have in in Biden's USA at the moment is inflation reduction, which is offering massive incentives to hydrogen production, refueling, vehicle manufacture, and purchase. So as ever, the, the US is going to accelerate from behind and is actually scaring everyone else to, to bits mm-hmm. about the speed it's pers- with which it's pursuing zero-emission technologies in terms of transport and mobility. It's really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So you're saying that the UK is way behind everybody else. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. you know, what will happen in 2030 is trucks bringing your your salad and, and, and fresh yeah. berries from, from the Netherlands yeah. will stop at Calais or in Rotterdam yeah. and will need to charge ship because they won't be able to get, be refueled in the UK. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's as structural as that at the mm-hmm. moment because mm-hmm. they just aren't any... I don't think there's... I'm not sure there's one truck, electric truck recharging location and there are certain, and there are only five locations in which you can you can refuel a truck with hydrogen in the UK. Right. What's mm. interesting in the UK? Mm. Sorry if I'm going on a bit. Well, but there is the, the, there is a way forward for the UK, mm-hmm. but as ever, it's it's very British, mm-hmm. and, and there's a kind of a number of things happening. First mm. of all, you've got some investment in refueling that's coming highway on highway HGV refueling. The second thing you've got is is the emergence of zero emission buses. So you've got uh, buses yeah. in Crawley, Brighton, Liverpool, Manchester, all around the country. Mm-hmm. And in those depots, they're installing hydrogen refueling. Right. So you've got highway-based HGV refueling, you've got bus depot-based refueling. Mm-hmm. And then you've got something that's called a, a hydrogen vehicle ecosystem. And one of those is in, in Teesside, and it's the first one in Teesside. There are others in Southwest and West mm-hmm. coming through. And that's where you get a combination of vehicle users, vehicle manufacturers like us, and refuelers. In Teesside, it's Village 66 and Exelon that are putting in place hydrogen refueling in a discrete geography. So that zone, that piece of Britain, can actually lift off with the new technology. And if you get enough pieces of the puzzle filled in, ultimately mm-hmm. come together. And if you combine that with bus refueling and truck refueling on, on major arterial roads, mm-hmm. and you power it from from the back, if you like, with the arrival of 
zero emission or ultra low emission zones like you have in London, Berlin, yeah. work. Yeah. And the thing starts to fall together, but it falls together in a very mixed up and uncoordinated way, such that in Oxford right now we've got a, a zero emission zone on its way, but we don't have the availability of any hydrogen delivery vans, for example, yet. Electric mm-hmm. delivery vans all over the place, but no hydrogen delivery vans. So it's just getting things, you know, yeah. coordinated. And yeah. that's the, 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 the interesting sort of government strategy and policy I mentioned that interests me anyway. Right. So I know we're early days because the infrastructure for electric vehicle charging is still, yeah, as I said, challenging. And that's obviously going to change in the, in the future. Yeah. So it's, it's got to, hasn't it? But the one obvious question is a hydrogen seems to offer so many benefits and more benefits than electric vehicles, really. Or why has the industry, I don't know if you can answer this really, why has the industry gone down electric vehicles or, rather than hydrogen then? Oh, I'm no physicist, but what I can tell you is that the, the, the economics of hydrogen production as a fuel for mobility and transport only work or work more optimally in some locations than others. And what I mean by that is the the, the, the concept of transporting large cheap trailers or tanks of hydrogen around the, com- the country to, to the top way. up refueling yeah. stations yeah. Is, is both economically, financially, and in terms of Energy, energy use oh, massively yeah. efficient, right. uh, and hydrogen works best from the point at which it's produced. So the most optimal long-term solution for a hydrogen fuel cell station, mm-hmm. a refueling station, is to have a what they call an electrolyzer, but a means of making the hydrogen actually mm-hmm. on the same site as the refueling station. That does make sense. Yes. Now, now the, the challenge is the cost. But access to the technology because everybody wants them at the moment. It's a mm-hmm. two-year waiting list. But the economics of, of of that technology combination only work where you can dispense or sell a minimum of, of around about a ton of hydrogen a day, and that's the sort of break even for the investment of about I don't know two and a half to four million pounds in in a hydrogen fuel cell refueling station. And all these things need to come together. So in the meantime, as a, as a sort of interim, you've got great businesses like Philips 66, like Rise, like Nanosun, who are all providing mobile refueling units and, 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 and are indeed operating this hub and spoke hydrogen transfer system just to get to critical mass in terms of dispensing and therefore to, to enable them to to put a, an elect, electrolytic hydrogen generating fuel filling station in place. Right. So, is it, and this seems a stupid question, really, but is it quite a safe uh, material? Is that what would you call it a material? I know that petrol's not safe either, and we quite happily ship that around the country, but is it, is it quite a safe fuel? To, can you store it? You must yes, be so yes. It, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, again, I'm not a chemist, and, no, and well, people I'm, will tell I'm not either. <laughs> but, but, you know, when you think about the fact you've usually got your family sat on a a tank of gasoline or, or, mm. or petrol under the back seat of your car. Yes, mm. of course. I mean, th- there needs to be the right safety precautions and mm. processes and procedures in place to move, store and dispense hydrogen just as there are for for petrol and, and, and diesel. And right. it's just a question of making a transition. Yeah. So you think that's all perfectly feasible? And it sounds like in the longer term, we could have a decent infrastructure then for hydrogen. I, th- I think there's no doubt about it. You know, we'll get that. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. The the challenge for UK PLC is that we'll, we, at the moment we're going to get there 10 years after everyone else. Well, I suppose, thinking of the caravan industry, there are a lot of manufacturers in, in Europe and Germany in particular. And sure. obviously in America, there are there's the Thor Industries who are a big global enterprise. Yep. So they could be first to bring some hydrogen-powered motorhomes to the market then. Well, but maybe think, not to the know, UK for a while. Well, I think that's the challenge, you know. I mean, it, it's it, – I haven't yet thought through the, the the implications of us not being of this particular party on time. I mean, it starts with the development of skills, the creation of jobs, the establishment of businesses, and the, you know, the much sought-after economic growth locally, regionally, and nationally that the UK hasn't got. They're the things that we, we won't have. Um, by not having a coherent plan. Mm-hmm. But I think in the end, something will happen, even if it's only by the happy coincidence of hydrogen, HGV refueling on highways, bus filling stations for hydrogen, hydrogen vehicle ecosystems, ultra low emissions, it's all falling together in the UK rather than having some grand plan. You may argue that's culturally where the UK has always been and there are benefits and concerns around that. But it does mean, I think, I think there's a sort of, it's not just commercial and it's not, it's not sort of governmental either. It's temporal, if you like, because you know, driving change around data and technology is not like driving change around digging coal, building ships and making cars. But for me, there's a fundamental shift in the way things happen, are happening and the way that the the seeds are planted to allow those things to happen in, in society. And uh, it's as deep-rooted as that, isn't it? Okay, cool. I've jumped to the thought that with electric vehicles at the moment, particularly Edifin electric vehicles towing a caravan, re- charging the car on a motorway service station is yeah rather challenging. You're going to have to unhitch. At least with hydrogen having a bit of a focus on the commercial vehicle sector and particularly HGVs, that could make pulling in with a vehicle you were towing if you had a hydrogen powered car for instance yeah. it's just the same as fueling up at the uh, the diesel pump yeah so it sounds a lot more long. although i'm sure electric vehicle charging stations will there is there are a couple aren't there around the uk where you can pull in with with a long vehicle and towing then, then, i mean there's that no doubt that the, yeah. the technology around bare yeah. will will yeah. advance as well and, and actually mm. you know they're just further further along the the highway than, than we are the, the, the challenge for caravan users will be that once hydrogen fuel cell hydrogen filling stations are up and running, they'll be pulling in alongside trucks and vans, most likely. Yeah, yeah, I don't want the truck drivers getting a bit, they could quite quickly get fed up with lots of caravans under their feet. Well, I'm not not sure. I think, think, you know, the the benefit that everyone would see, I think even the drivers, we're we're talking to drivers continually, the drivers that are driving our our vans out, in the market with a company called Revis, which is a big sort of fleet management company at the moment. Their drivers are giving us feedback daily, and they see the bigger picture. So they see that if hydrogen is available and people are using it, then there'll be more, more stations. Good. Okay, cool. The, and how are your real – you're doing some real-world real, real world testing at the moment, aren't you? Is, it, is that going – how's that going? It's going really well. I mean, we – I would say that one. Yeah, no, I mean, Revis are a real, really professional team. They're based in, in – in, in Birmingham, and they've been really helpful to us. We've trained the drivers around the technology, and we we basically have onboard vehicle diagnostics 
So that what, what we're doing with alongside Revis, it's kind of kind of a hybrid trial. They have driven different routes and what they call user user cycles mm-hmm. around the Birmingham and, and and South Yorkshire regions. And they've done that laden and unladen with the auxiliaries all and off. And, and what we will be able to do using the data we're gathering in real time from the vehicles is to work with Revis and compare and contrast our hydrogen vehicles with the performance of the battery electric vehicles they've tested and the diesel the diesel vans that they've had on, on the mm-hmm. same routes. Mm-hmm. So it'll be quite interesting mm-hmm. at the end of this, this month to reflect on that data because it, and it will give us more insight into the towing capacity of our vans and of, of our powertrain, mm-hmm. the acceleration, the fuel economy, real life mm-hmm. deploying it rather than just a rolling road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, any fleet operator is going to be very conscious of running costs, aren't they? And pence per mile or however they work it out these is it well I think everyone I mean if you if you've yeah. got a reasonably large caravan I imagine that's going to be also a consideration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I, would, I would think it's not just the the inconvenience of recharging in motorway service st- stations for for caravan users but the price of of, of recharging on yeah. motorways rather than recharging at home yeah yeah, yeah. and the cost of the whole thing yeah so but we have we haven't talked about your camper van concept. Uh, sure. you, you worked with a specialist company, didn't you? T- tell, me more, tell me more about it. Yeah, I mean, it's something I'm super enthusiastic about because we, we work with a German company called IDAG, E-D-A-R-G, and super engineering company with a design team in Barcelona. And we work very closely with the designers in Barcelona to come up with the, the Generation 2 bespoke van design and then as a bit of fun to extend that into, into a, a camper van concept. Mm. And, of course, emotionally, the camper van concept is the place that everybody in business I mean, we think goes to because it's such a cool-looking vehicle. Yeah, very cool. And uh, it has slightly higher floor height. It's got four-wheel drive. I mean, the engineering specs are all, are all completed. And, mm. of course, as well as being having loads of utility and being able to provide masses of power power takeoff mm-hmm. to you know fuel the the to, to power the different functions of the vehicle in remote locations it's got the range of potentially up to a thousand kilometers to to go a long way from refueling give the user a really fantastic experience securing the knowledge without the 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 anxiety that comes with with battery electric range concerns mm-hmm. and and to come back again so, so, but technically and emotionally, it just it, it just hits all the buttons for mm. for for us. And of course, mm. coming to market with a, a camper van, actually moving from a van to a camper market, so camper van isn't such a technically difficult thing to do, mm-hmm. because as you all know, only yeah. you know the the, the the vehicles vehicle manufacturers like us generally provide the cargoes, and specialists then design and build the. The body, mm-hmm. often out of Germany into Slovakia, Czech Republic, and there's some yeah. really well-established businesses down there. And that's something that we feel we could do very quickly and very easily, simply by prov- providing our Gen 2 carcass, or glider, as they call it in the industry. Okay. So, so not only is it appealing emotionally and technically, but it's easy to do once we get the vehicle. Yeah, cool. And the how- challenge is we probably won't have it until the end of the decade. That's a shame. That's, that's well... 
that seems a long way off. But from um, around the corner, I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> too worrying. Uh, yeah, that that, that it's, it's, it sounds brilliant. Really, can't see any. And of course, the, the fuel cell can can it then power the, the like a motorhome would have a leisure battery in it at the moment. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. it I can mean, power the, everything in the vehicle as because well. Because you've got a, uh, you've got tanks of hydrogen, mm-hmm. which are topping up the the electric battery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for example, we're looking at a a delivery van duty cycle, which is lots of stops and goes. And, you know, and the challenge for most of the, the drivers that are dropping off parcels from, you know, from here, there and everywhere in the summer is that they, they have to keep switching the van on and off and they keep hopping back in into a, a hot vehicle. The great thing about a, a fuel cell vehicle, it never switches off. It just idles and there's no pollution. And it keeps the echo running. So then there are little sort of features of... Mm. Which are, I guess, a, a trade trade off to to long range. You've just got a, a large capacity from an almost infinite capacity from the battery out of the hydrogen powering fuel cell. So, mm. in terms of you know auxiliary batteries, lighting, showering, you know, charging your electric scooter, yeah. whatever it may be on the on the camper, yeah. there's there's a constant source of of, of energy there. It sounds ideal. Really does. It really does. So we're just going to wait a few years. Yeah, my challenge is just to make it happen. I mean, that's all, really. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. So that's another thing that crossed my mind was you talked about producing the hydrogen at the distribution point at, at say, the yes. fuel fuel stations. Yes. How? How? I'm just trying to envisage. You've mentioned what sort of investment it would be. How much space does that take? I'm just thinking randomly. Could say a large campsite have its own for hyd- sure. hydrogen? For sure. it for could. Sure. It's, it's, there are all shapes and sizes of, of hydrogen electrolysis and refueling. Absolutely. And, I, and the, what I haven't talked about, I think everybody's got to groan when I do, is the different pressures for refueling. Buses generally in the UK will refuel at 350 bar, and trucks and larger, heavier vehicles will charge it to higher pressure of 700 bar. When you're at 350 bar, which is kind of Toyota Mirai, Hyundai Nexo, car, okay. um, car standard. Yeah. The, the, the electrolysis and gas storage and dispensation challenges are a lot less than they are at the higher pressures. Because when you're when you're compressing gas that hydrogen to a to a higher pressure and dispensing it to higher pressure the sort of temperatures that uh, that one has to achieve bring with them many technical challenges around refrigeration, warming, and and safety. Right. I won't go into that any more no. than, than necessary, but in the end, that will be sorted out as well, and there'll be a, yeah. there'll be harmonisation around refuelling pressures. But we are approaching a bit of a, a bit of a VHS and yes. max moment around refuelling yes. pressures in the yes. industry. Because for electric cars, obviously, I don't know if you you've done much camping or caravanning, but you go to a campsite now, you can plug your caravan motorhome into, an, into a mains electric power, power thing in there. People are obviously wanting to do the same to charge their cars while they're there as well, which would be ideal. You can't do it directly at the moment. Some campsites are, well, it's a big issue. It's a big issue for the industry because it's a big investment getting, some places don't have the le- sufficient electricity power to be able to do that in the first place. But Well, this is the, this is the, the opportunity for hydrogen in the UK. Yeah, uh, here in dear Obiety, the problem that fleet operators have got, particularly fleet operators that that run their vans, for example, out of a depot, 
mm-hmm. and who need to charge 30 or 40 electric vans in series overnight. Oh, yeah, is that yeah. the grid, the grid just does not support that that function. Yeah. And the cost of installing recharging on scale, scale like that is completely primitive. Primitive. Mm-hmm. That that those grid, those challenges with the grid will also be present on the farms and campsites of the UK. Mm-hmm. Having mm-hmm. said that, all that, mm-hmm. a, a hydrogen vehicle, hydrogen fuel cell vehicle is essentially a battery electric vehicle with a fuel cell. And, and therefore, our camper van at the end of the, you know, in six or seven years' time, for example, yeah. we'll also be able to plug into the uh, the plugs, the, the, the charging sockets yeah. at the campsites, just like the beds, yeah. uh, and, and take advantage of that and charge its batteries up directly from the from the mains, assuming that the grid supports that the whole activity. Sure. But, and at the moment, it doesn't. But you only need something like a, a couple of data centres in your, in your locale, mm-hmm. and... The energy used by the, by those data centers will prohibit just about any other expansion of the grid. It's mm. it's a bit like our water and sewage infrastructure at the moment. It's pretty challenging. Yeah, it is. But it's an opportunity for hardly new. It is. I was just imagining. You know, there's two there's two big clubs in the UK: the caravan and motor yeah. club, and the camping and caravan. No, my, my parents were big into caravan. I spent most of my life ah. to, up to the age of twenty, sort of. Visiting the Lake Districts and oh, cool. Rupture and others, but yeah. tons of time in caravans. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So they have their own infrastructures. I'd imagine you know, somebody like that, if they if they could produce their own hydrogen, that's something, yeah, that's quite a thought, isn't it? And sell it to well, their the, members. The other, the other thing, you're on, up onto a good theme there, because yeah. with a small electrolysis unit, what, what I mean, the benefit of hydrogen is you can use, you, you can make hydrogen when uh, in when the the sun's shining or when the electricity is freely available and cheaper off-peak. And then you can turn the hydrogen back into electricity during the peak. So it's actually a great buffer for the highs and lows of electricity demand, both at a national, regional and campsite level. Wow. Wow, it's just becoming quite mind-boggling. Actually, there's clearly a lot of education education required for. Uh, and, and there will be those of your your listeners yeah. that will be saying, "Ah, oh, but what about the, the sort of chemical inefficiency of the whole process and the price?" Okay. And, and yeah. all those things are a factor, just yeah. as they are in the same way with difference around technology supporting battery electric vehicles. But you know, I have I have the faith that both technologies will evolve and things will get better. Mm. And there are places. Where hydrogen can contribute to the the constellation of technologies in mobility, and places that it's less efficient in doing so, you just got to try and optimise it. Right? Okay. Oh, brilliant! That's been really interesting getting your insights into the into the whole world of hydrogen, uh, particularly from a, a perspective of outside the UK as well to get that sort of global view on what's going on. It's been been really interesting actually. So I probably ought, ought not to take up too much more of your time, but can I just finish with a few fun fun questions? Yeah, sure. And you've obviously done some caravanning in your youth, so that's uh, that's a good start. So let me just quickly finish with, uh, if you could take your caravan or your hydrogen-powered camper van anywhere in the world, where where would you like to go? It's a good opportunity to take a hydrogen-powered camper van here. Well, I would need a hydrogen-powered vehicle, actually, yeah. because I'm, my, my target, I mean, I, I'm very fond of the northwest highlands of Scotland, a place called Torridon, but I equally understand the, uh, the sensitivities of wild camping and, and, and caravanning. Yeah, and the, the requirements of each sort of self-contained and the rest of it, but the 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 Northwest Highlands 
a great place is to a great place to be. And just as as, as as you'll be very aware, the South Island of New Zealand, where I've, I've actually been in, in a camper, and you know there are there are parts of the US that I that I don't know so well, the wild bits of the US, where I would just love to have a caravan for a couple of years, a pickup truck, and you know the money to fund the gasoline. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really, really, really good. Really, really good. Yeah, I've been to New Zealand. It's fantastic. And there is, you're right, a lot of America to explore. Cool. So if you had a magic wand, do you have any idea? I think you do probably have an idea what you would wish for, for, for the car or caravan industry as a whole. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think I'm, I'm looking for some leadership and, and what direction, albeit with a light touch from, from government to, to help mm-hmm. us manage the, the energy transition to zero emissions. I don't think we'll get there painlessly on our own. And we do need a little bit more engagement from whichever government's in power around, around bringing the different technologies together to, to, to help everyone with a caravan get out there and have peace of mind that they're, you know, that they're able to operate their zero emission vehicle without any tension or, or worry. Mm. No, that's good. That's very good. It's very good. So finally, yeah, if you can have a barbecue on a campsite with three people, celebrities, politicians, with your by the side of your hydrogen fueled camper van, who would you, who would you invite? Goodness me, goodness me. Well, the first thing mm. to say is it would be a really, really interesting barbecue because I've been a vegetarian for forty years. So we we, we need to be a little bit creative. Yeah, you don't have to don't have any meat. There wasn't meat is not compulsory. But who are the three people? I call that. I call that too. Who's my political hero? John Prescott, probably quite good from a oh, from yes. a, a political point of view. I, I don't think he'd, he'd stand for much in the way of of, of, of vegetarian food. And, and as to the other two, I I think Michael Johnson. I'm a big fan of Michael Johnson. I, I'm a sort of failed athlete, so Michael Johnson, the 200 400 meter runner. I like his style and thoughts on life. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm. I think Alistair Campbell will probably my 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 third oh, yeah. guest. Do you listen to? I, his- I do, I do. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of these sort of Ramones, and 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 I, I love to to listen to him going on. He's mm. he's a bit. I find him a bit, you know, a bit difficult sometimes. But I think Rory Stewart sort of knocks the edges off him. I do. I think he's an interesting character, particularly around his mental health experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where I I really enjoy hearing him speak. So there are. Yeah, he, he's your cocktail. I'm a big fan of of their their podcast. What's that called? But it's called the rest is politics. The rest is politics, of course. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's been really fascinating. He's got some great stories to tell, and I'm sure there's lots more that he could confide in you over around a barbecue rather than live on air. I, I think it's the personal stories that those people could tell you, mm. rather than the the sort of commercial and political ones or mm. sporting ones. You know, they've mm. all got a backstory and fascinating. Doesn't interest me over the veggie burgers. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. So that's brilliant. And I think we'll, we'll finish there. It's been, I'm not at all technical, as you've noticed, but I found this all very interesting. And it is interesting that there is definitely an option here for the future that would, would that would be really good for the for the caravan you, You'll have hordes of, of caravan owners from the Netherlands all sort of you know, proceeding south as they do every every summer, driving hardly for yourself, something or others within the next five years, for sure. They'll be the um, first. That'd be cool. 
I mentioned to you earlier that the UK is quite unusual in selling more caravans than motorhomes. I think Holland is the only other country where I think, I think I'm right, caravans outsell motorhomes. Yeah. They are very keen. I've been in France for eight years and uh-huh. clearly the, the, the flow of, oh, of yeah. caravans in the Camperland South down the A3 to, to Italy, Austria, Italy, was mm-hmm. always you know, an annual event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just think it's fascinating. It's great yeah, it market. Is. Cool. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Alan. This has been really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, good luck for the future. You're a good host, Jill. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It'd be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.